Hey powerful professionals, welcome to Issues in Black and White, where we discuss key values and social issues. Today we're going to talk about joy, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. So La, joy, are you feeling joyful today? Joy, yeah, I'm feeling joyful. You know what, just the word joy Mm. makes me feel joyful. (laughs) What a great thing to talk about. It's raining outside but we feel joy. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's good actually to be able to say, considering the circumstances, that we have Mm. joy. Yeah, I agree. You know, like, not just in terms of the weather, but also, like, just generally what's going on Mm. around the world, you know? Yeah. To be able to find a bit of joy. I'm thinking, the thing that's helping... We're very lucky. We are. I do, Mm. I do really feel so. Um, other than pursuit, like my faith right now is keeping me together. Other than that, um, like I'm loving the memes that are coming out on a daily basis. <laughs> I am enjoying the reels and the TikToks at the moment. I don't actually have a TikTok account, but that is helping me to kind of stay, you know, happy and joyful, honestly. So true. Um, so true. Yeah, it's really good, really good ones out there. <laughs> You've got to laugh in these situations. <laughs> You've got to find the joy. You've got to find something to laugh about. Yeah. And I, think... I think that's like the most human thing to do, right, mm-hmm. in in moments of despair. And, and, you know, relatively, we're not in despair. You and I, we're, we're very privileged and lucky. Mm-hmm. But in moments of despair and moments of hardship, humans naturally will always find yeah. some sort of joy. Like yeah. a, just a crevice of it. We'll carve it out and we'll find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Like social media has done that yeah. for us as a, as a society in the last few weeks and yeah, months. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like actually seeking that joy, like what you're just talking about, exactly that. I feel as a form of survival. I honestly mm. think like yeah. you can't continue on if you're sorrowful all the time. Like yeah. it's quite a dark place to be actually definitely Um, and I think I think that's why so many people struggled with lockdown because they were no longer able to do the things that they had built into their lives to bring them joy yeah like seeing friends or going to the gym or you know suddenly you had to find other things that brought you joy and that's quite a hard thing to do it is work it out yeah and explore what it is especially when you were so limited with with your options during lockdown exactly on that, actually, what kind of things do you do outside of work to give you joy that was pre-COVID time? Let's start there. Great question. Pre-COVID. Mm. Um, walking, just being like, being in nature, mm. oh, just, yeah, that is always going to be a recipe for success for me. Mm. So, I mean, maybe not on a day like today, mm-hmm. but any <laughs> any situation where I can be among the birds and the bees and the trees mm. um bring definitely brings me joy especially an animal animals bring me huge joy so my two pets bring me great joy and then obviously when you're outside in nature and you you see animals birds in the sky and so on um what else brings me joy actually you know we spoke about discipline before but achieving things that I've put my mind to brings me great joy Mm. and I think that's why I love the gym and I love working out Mm. and also I love things like cooking because when I decide right I'm going to make this meal or I'm going to make this do this workout Mm. you know the the sense of achievement that definitely brings me joy yeah um so I think a lot of my hobbies are kind of apart from walking are centered around achieving something which I think some people think it makes it not a hobby like Mm. isn't it a bit more of a a discipline or Mm. a 
a punishment, but no, no not for me. Not no, for me. No. no. And I think what it, about you? Um, um, Pre-COVID, things that used to bring me joy, um, singing, dancing. Mm. Um, I love a party, not going to lie. Like, yeah. with me and my friends all together, love a party. Like, every, like and obviously it doesn't happen often because, to be honest, work distracts, like, study yeah. distracts from that. But the opportunity to go out, listen to music, have good vibes, like, win 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 it brings me joy um I think like you but less of the nature <laughs> for me <laughs> but like you I, yeah I honestly city girl 100% but um I absolutely love um going for walks and I feel like actually post-covid I've loved it more um, see that me that's probably possibly I don't know but maybe because you you did it more I did over lockdown and therefore it it started bringing you more joy yeah because before covid I was running Mm. often like I I would go out and I'd run but I don't know what happened I don't know what happened the kind of staying inside I don't know whether there was like an underlying fear I'm not really sure but I stopped running Mm. like and honestly it's been really difficult to get back into um the habit but going out for walks every morning has honestly brought me to, like serious joy, serious genuine joy. That's great. Um, but um, post COVID, obviously, haven't been able to sing in church like I'd love yeah. to. Obviously, I sing at home, but it's not the same. It's just Do you think that's the communal thing? Like, you know, Absolutely. singing with other people and to other people makes the a joy. Yeah. yeah. And the truth is, even when we do come together, um, I think there are still some restrictions on singing and yeah, there are. like how much we can sing and or if we can at all, even or if we can, but with masks on, which again, isn't the same. Mm. So it's it's it's. I do feel like there has been a part that has kind of been stifled a little bit and yeah, I, I haven't I haven't done anything to replace that because there's nothing I can really do to replace yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely you know? not. Yeah, even singing on online platforms, you sing and then everything else goes quiet because that's just how the internet works. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So there's no way really of replicating that. I think that's one of those core key shared experiences that people miss during COVID. Yeah. I think, like, sport is another one, I think, for some people. Exactly. Just something that you experience. There's there's something quite profound, I think, about that. Using your body in some way or your mind in some way in a communal space with other people is... You can't can't replicate that. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why teaching is such a great kind of job for that. Yeah, you know that communal sense that everyone coming together. Um, how do you find joy in the classroom? Oh, the students. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> great. Up there. And that's that's the communal thing, right? Just like they're just people, and they are so hilarious, yeah. left, right, centre. <laughs> that's what I love about teaching. And and actually, I'm not I'm not actually teaching mm. at the moment. Mm. I'm not in the classroom. Mm. And I do not like my job anywhere near as much. And right. I actually I had a kind of moment the other day where I said to myself I cannot be a head teacher because the idea of not teaching or teaching only once or twice a week it just it's just a no for me wow oh my gosh no I love the classroom and and I'm really grateful that I've had this time of not teaching because 
it's made me remember how much yeah. I love the classroom and that is what brings the joy in the teaching job I think well I know um so what brings me joy in the classroom so the the, the kids yeah. they're hilarious their personalities yeah, the, the, the way that we communicate with each other and, and the fact that you've got 30 31 people in a room and mm. we're all bringing something different to the table yeah. but it, every time it's a shared experience yeah. of some sort I love those moments where a student we talk about eureka moments like they suddenly get it like yeah yeah, i do like those moments but actually i prefer a moment where a student suddenly realizes they can do something that they Mm. didn't think they could do Mm. so yeah sometimes that's knowing something but sometimes it's applying something or writing Mm. something or especially in english so i love those moments i love sharing texts with students I love, like, reading the end of Of Mice and Men. Oh, I mean, can you beat that? (laughs) Every year, you think, every year we do it. We do it over and over again. And yet, every time, it's profound in some way. Um, I could keep going. What about you? Oh, (laughs) do you know, when you just, at the point you ended on is absolutely true. Like, reading text with students and bringing them along as well mm. and I found so that's with the the text on the curriculum especially texts like a Christmas carol for example where it takes a bit of convincing um some of the students depending on what class you've got and how they're streamed and so forth to believe that a book like a Christmas carol is actually enjoyable <laughs> Yeah, you know but getting to that point um in the text wherever it is for whatever student where they're like oh miss I'm really enjoying this yeah is brilliant first of all because as well you fall in love with it again and and so forth kind of going through that process but also I found sharing texts that I'm enjoying outside of the curriculum with my Mm. students has been really great so I remember in my last year of teaching um I was given Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. And I mean, I think I inhaled that book. I'm not going to lie. I think I just... Are you going to recommend it? Because I still haven't read it. It's brilliant. It's so good. It's a good book. It's on my list. It's the kind of book I feel you just need to read every couple of years just to kind of check in. It's a weird one. It's one of those... She's amazing. She is, absolutely. Um, But yeah, I remember there was a scene in there that I absolutely was just in awe of. And I shared it with the students and read it with them. And they were equally in love with it. That's great. So when I got tickets to go to see Michelle Obama. I this. Crazy. My student, and I was actually with my student, like with my students at the time. So I'd got it at the lunchtime and I was with them the following lesson. And I was able to say to them, and one of them was like, miss, you're going to see, like, it was, you know, that shared experience of, wow, like, yeah. you know, something coming coming about. Um, another thing that brings me joy with my students um, outside of books would definitely have to be when we achieve stuff together. Mm. So I remember being a tutor and we would, like, have sports days or, like, when our number of merits was higher than everyone else's or our yes. attendance yeah, was yeah. higher than everyone else's. That so you're competitive, that's what you're saying. 100%. <laughs> 100%. And it was like pure joy that we shared with each other. Mm. And actually, I feel like that was a basis of um, uh, for unity among us as well, even though, you know, some of the students didn't get along with each other for whatever reason, because they're year seven and that's what they do. But in that respect, it was like that shared moment of, wow, yes, yeah. you did it, you know? <laughs> 
I am. I I agree. And I also love the times when you get to speak to students outside of the classroom. So that's one of them. But even students you don't necessarily know very well. So I love doing detention duty, for example. Yeah. Because suddenly, you know, you're confronted with these students you may not teach and you're in a room with them for an hour. I love chatting to them or or even just being with them. I love duties for that same reason. Like bus duty is one of my favourite times of day because they're all so off guard, you know, they're all ready to go home. And for them, they're basically, they've left school. But they're just being held there until their bus comes. And you just get to have the the greatest chats with them about anything and nothing. And it keeps keeps you young, what cliche, but it does does keep you young. Um, Can I just backtrack a bit and ask about um, what you're saying about the Michelle Obama, about the, the becoming scenario of reading the bit aloud to them and then having that shared experience of telling them that you're going to see her do you think that those moments happen more when we divert from the set curriculum I do honestly I think the the fact of the matter is I'm not saying and I think this is where for for people like us who are so passionate about what we teach and teaching in general it's easy for us to get up and say oh yeah, you could divert from it because we know exactly how to kind of bring it back in. And actually I will make the point that it was the section where Michelle Obama speaks about first going to Buckingham Palace. And so I was able to do a creative writing lesson with the students about the Queen, Great. that lesson, just off the cuff because we'd had that moment, you know, and they mm. were passionate about that and doing their own descriptions and so forth. So I say yes. Do you think that that's a bad thing, though? Like, as in, not bad that you've gone off the curriculum, but bad that you need to go off the curriculum to find... Or do you think that's just part and parcel in that it's going to be different, so it's novel, so it's going to stand out more? Yeah, I think, do you know what? Like I said earlier, it's the nature of the job in the sense that we're all people and we all come with different Mm. experiences that, of course, we want to share with the, the young people that we're around every day. Like... They, for me, I see my students as um, students that, yes, they need to pass their exams or whatever, but I also see my students as people and I want them to see me as their teacher who's supporting them and who's teaching them, but also I want them to see me as a person. And I think the person-ness is kind of outside of the curriculum. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. And I don't think that they work kind of separate from each other. I do think that they can work together. Mm. But I think it's a bit like, you know, we know that there are some things that aren't on the curriculum because we've got, you know, um, people saying, oh, but I was never taught this at school. I was never taught this at school. Truth is, we can't expect to be taught everything at school, okay? Mm. That's way too much responsibility for teachers, way too much responsibility for the school. <laughs> some things need to be taught at home, you know? Yeah. And, and and some things just need to be taught off the cuff. And, mm. and that process needs to be organic. Not all learning should be structured, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I totally agree. I like the idea of it being organic and resp- it's responsive, right? Yeah. And actually, that's I think that's a big piece of advice to give to new teachers because especially in this day and age, they are likely to end up in a school which has this very strictly planned yes. curriculum, yes. often down to lesson by lesson. Yeah. Don't be afraid to deviate from mm-hmm. it every now and then. Yeah. Like, you know, do what you did with, with the Michelle Obama yeah. extract and because that's where you get to know the students. That's where you find joy. That's where a lot of learning can happen as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. a real space for learning. Yeah, and I think it's not something you do all the time. And pick your no. moments, you know. Like I said, yeah. that lesson was after lunch on a, I think it was a Thursday or a Friday. Like, seriously. Probably raining. You know, it's just one of those <laughs> moments where it's like, do you know what, guys? We're going to do something different today. Yeah. And then, what, 
four months down the line, I get a ticket for Michelle. It was crazy, you know? But sometimes the students make that decision for you, right? Like, yeah. in terms of doing something different. Sometimes you yeah. just walk into a room and you're like, we you guys can't do what I have yeah. yeah. That's not going to work today. Yeah. <laughs> and I think... I think that's true. And I think that's another thing that brings me joy, actually. Um, In my last year of teaching, because I was part time in the classroom and part time at the department, um, I was teaching quite a few PD lessons as well. So, you know, what you were talking about in terms of getting to know new students, it was like that. So you get a class every other week, like just one off lessons. And a lot of the time, the students kind of dictate those lessons because Mm. it's very personal. It's about things that they're experiencing at whatever stage they are. So we talk about things like friendship and so forth, Um, health and the community, et cetera. And it kind of stems from them. But even in those lessons that would be seen as like, oh, throwaway lessons, I got a lot of joy from the learning that came from those lessons. You know, and the change in perspective that students had about learning about personal things definitely came from yeah, those definitely. lessons as well. Yeah. And that is why teaching is such a great job. I was reading a book recently called Utopia for Realists, mm. which I really recommend. And um, it was talking about a Harvard Business Review survey of, I've written it down, 12,000 professionals. Mm. 50% of those people thought that their job had no meaning or significance. 50%. Mm. I, f- I, f- I feel really sorry for them. Um, and <laughs> teaching. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> you sounded so empathetic, La. Thank you. Like, I, I mean, I think do. those 50% of people do. are feeling like there's someone out there that cares. <laughs> do you know what I say to them? Sack it in and become a teacher yeah. or a nurse or a doctor or whatever like yeah I yeah it that brings you I closer to people you know for a fact you don't need to you don't need to look into what those people do you know for a fact that none of that 50 percent of yeah. teachers yeah surely yeah um because even though it's exhausting and you lots of teachers experience burnout and it can be emotionally draining and all those things that we know there's no way you can ever say that it doesn't bring joy yeah even if it's just a moment a day yeah. like you it, it just does or a great um, sense of meaning or purpose you know absolutely yeah which is uh, yeah which is what they've said no yeah. meaning or significance yeah. yeah it definitely has meaning and significance you know yeah. and 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 it does and different in a different way for different students you know i think the beauty of seeing them flourish oh i'm telling you i could talk about this all day me too you know i honestly (laughs) anyway let's move on so let's think about um actually on that note and it is moving on yes 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 about um remember when ezzy came and spoke about conflict resolution Mm. and gave the tip about um, a sense of humour being necessary mm. for kind of that process of conflict resolution. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because we didn't really yeah. get to talk about it. It was a final nugget from him. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree with him. I think a sense of humour is really important, and I think he did say that it's not about making a joke with the person. Yeah, I, th- I think more than anything, it's about not taking yourself too seriously. Yes, and I think that's that's what he maybe meant most I don't I don't know but Mm. that's what I took from it Mm. um because I think if you in life right if you just loosen up life's gonna be better yeah right yeah and I say that as someone who is who is very uptight yeah (laughs) (laughs) so 
<laughs> I think I think uh, our uptightness happens in very different ways. Like I don't think So how are you uptight? Um I think I'm just a little bit I don't know whether I can use this word. Is it anal? Is that right? Yeah, anally yeah. retentive, yeah. Yes. I think I'm just when I want something to be done excellently or like perfectionist, I think that's where my uptightness like straight into it. Yeah, sure. High expectations that's where my uptightness sits yeah. so when something like deviates from it I get a little bit awkward because <laughs> <laughs> because I'm kind of like well we know what perfection looks like. well well <laughs> we know what perfection looks like here we know what a high standard looks like here why that's are right. we not doing it so that's where that's my so uptightness kind of comes from but actually yeah. in terms of not taking myself <laughs> I think the the kind of kind of not taking myself too seriously is a hundred percent necessary. I think I can walk around the staff. I mean, room. the fact that you're laughing at what you're just exactly—that's exactly it. Isn't well, it? this like, is it, and that's the thing, oh, that's isn't so it? Funny. Yeah, I think. What about you? In what ways do you put your up? I get uptight when I feel pressured or stressed. Mm. So, and usually that usually it's pressure or stress I put on myself. Interesting. So often time barriers or t- a, a strict time schedule can make me feel really uptight yeah. so I basically I hate being late and I hate things not being done mm. straight away mm. so I'm really someone that as soon as it's on my plate I will be quite uptight about it until it's finished yeah um which is silly because I'm just creating a stressor for myself <laughs> that I don't need right mm. but um and yeah and then I take that out on people around me who don't feel the same pressure yeah times <laughs> I'm like, why are you not stressed about the fact yeah. that this needs doing in two weeks' time? Yeah. And they're like, because it's a one-hour job and I've got two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Do it now! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. For sure. Um, but, yeah, that's that's definitely mine. But, yeah, I think um, I think that sense of humour is it is definitely about just being able to laugh at yourself. And also just being able to be like, again, and this links to humility, which we spoke about as well before, yeah. just being able to be like, yeah, I was wrong, or oh, yeah, so... I said that said said the wrong thing, or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, but no, I I love joy, honestly. I love the fact that we're talking about this. Oh my gosh, I think about sports day. I know it's a massive deviation, but sports day for me is that the best day of the school year? As a child or as a teacher? For, for both, to be fair. Actually, as a child, it was really frustrating because. I didn't really want to do any of the things. So actually more so as a teacher, yeah. to be honest. Um, but the whole vibe, like the ice cream van yes. and the kids like coming together, us making yeah. all of our like posters, the shouting, the noise, the winning, yeah. the losing, yeah. the whole thing. Vibe. Totally agree. Total totally vibe. agree. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, I actually as well, I think, um, I mean, just a couple more things that bring us joy. Yeah. Friend, we haven't even spoken about friendship actually, no, and the power of that and people. Yeah. But obviously, like pe- we spoke about, how communities can bring you joy, but people bring you such joy. Yeah. Like I get such joy from the people I work with, yeah. and you just think like we've been thrown together. We haven't chosen mm. each other. Like, yeah, okay, we've ended up at a school, possibly, and we live in the same area. Possibly, we've got, and we're all English teachers. We've mm. we've got lots of things kind of ingrained that might be in common, but when you spend so much time with a group of people over so many years, you just, you get so close to them. Yeah. Um, And just, you know, I had, I sat in the staff room for 45 minutes the other day and spoke to two people, two other English teachers about nothing to do with school. Yeah. 
best part of my week. Honestly, just like yeah. so funny and, and joyful. Yeah. And, and you need that. And that's, I think, why it's so nice to be back at work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's such, I'm in such a strange place because if I could have all the people that I've worked with in one place that isn't a school <laughs> and me mm-hmm. teaching, <laughs> then 100% that would make yeah. me so joyful. Do you know what I mean? Because you're absolutely right. I think about the friends that I have right now. They consist of people that I've worked with. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, it's true. It's so joyful. And even then, there's some people that wouldn't necessarily be like absolutely close friends. You know how like we talk so often yeah, yeah. and so forth like that. And some of the other guests that we've got that we speak to quite often and had on the show that we speak to quite often. But even then, it's a joy when we come back together, like totally. on Facebook or whatever, and just, yeah, find yeah. out how each other yeah, are doing. Yeah, definitely. And actually, maybe that's how we can finish is just with a, another small tip for new professionals like yeah you're not a school to make friends and we said this before you and I are both quite we're quite highly professional like we go in with a professional kind of facade I think Mm. on you're not in school to make friends however find the joy in the people that you work with and and carve time out to experience that joy because it it makes the job so much better honestly um with but and that meet that is regards both staff and students find the time to find interactions with people that bring you joy in in the workplace absolutely good well we hope you enjoyed this episode powerful professionals send us your thoughts on twitter and instagram that's at issues in b and w and please do leave us a review on apple Podcasts if you get a moment um we look forward to continuing this the the discussion and we'll see you next week Bye. bye That's great.